What's up, guys? Welcome to Project Freelance. Guess what is happening this week on the podcast? We have yet another live music photographer and videographer on the podcast. Okay, we're on a we're on a roll right now with this live music thing. I'm gonna keep bringing you guys tips and tricks for shooting live music because it's my favorite thing to shoot. And there's a lot of people out there that I am connected with that also like to shoot live music. But this episode is super cool because we are talking with a videographer and photographer named Sam Medina. He has been touring as a live music content creator for the past six years. And for the past three years, he's actually been working with a little tiny rap artist named NF. If you don't know who NF is, turn the radio on because he has been all over the radio lately. He is an absolutely insane rapper this guy his first of all he doesn't swear in any of his music um i don't know if he considers himself a christian rapper but most of his like vibe is like that he's like from the christian world that he's from like the church world um but anyway regardless i'm super excited to talk to sam i wanted to pick his brain about how he conceptualizes his videos when it comes to doing show recap videos and uh, he recently went to Red Rocks Amphitheater in, I think it's in Arizona. I'm pretty sure it's in Arizona. Uh, I've never been there myself, but I've seen a ton of photos from that place. He made an absolutely insane video recapping the show, and I really just needed to know how the heck he did it. So I hit him up on Instagram, I shot him a DM, and I said, hey, I have this podcast about freelancing. I'd love to pick your brain on it. And he said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it tomorrow. So uh, yeah, literally a day after I hit him up, we jumped on Skype and we recorded this podcast. And I am so very excited to share it with you guys. But first, if you need help with things like adulting, like tracking your mileage or keeping track of your expenses, or if you need editing software, if you need camera gear, if you need a backpack, if you need a GoPro, there's a bunch of links down in the description for you to check out. They are affiliate links, so I get a little bit of kickback every time you guys use one of my links. A lot of that stuff I think is going to be super valuable for you, and uh, I would love for you to check it out. Not only that, but I have a book out called No Tracers, An Urban Explorer's Diary. It is a book about all the explorations I've gone on to abandoned places, photography, and journal entries. You guys can pick up a copy, a signed copy, might I add, at justletterk.com slash no tracers. It is available. You can use the code SPOOKY2019 for 10% off of your order. And last but not least, I have a new single coming out with my band Chasing Satellites. I still don't know the name of it yet. Uh, I think I'm going to be calling it The Space Between. Anyway, it comes out on Halloween, and I hope you will check it out and enjoy the heck out of it when it comes out. You can find it on Spotify or not iTunes because iTunes doesn't exist anymore, but it's on Spotify and Google Play and all the other places you listen to music. So I would appreciate it if you guys check that out on Halloween. But let's jump right into this episode. Sam, please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the audience. What's up, guys? My name is Sam Medina. I'm a freelance photographer and videographer for mainly uh, artists, uh, all all the types of genres of artists, uh, rap, EDM, uh, reggae artists for the most part. So I'm stoked to talk about these genres in particular because most of the other guests that I've had on this podcast that are, you know, live music photographers and videographers, they're mostly in like the rock, metal, and punk worlds. So you're in a completely different set of genres that have a completely different 
type of marketing, have different type of style and everything. So let's go back. Let's talk about how you first got into photography and videography. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it started for me in high school. Uh, I had like a media type class where they had cameras and stuff that you could rent out. And uh, that's kind of where I just got, like started getting the passion for it. Like uh, I first got into editing. That was like my first thing. And I was really bad at it at first, but it was something that I could just keep, you know, etching at and keep trying to refine. So I ended up getting starting to get a passion for that and then started doing a little bit of video work too, um, picking up the camera and learning things. So it started for me in high school pretty much. And it just became a thing where like I wouldn't want to do anything else like for other projects that I had in class for like a history class. I would like ask my teacher if I could do a video project instead of writing a paper. And sometimes they let me, sometimes they wouldn't. But I just ended up making like a bunch of different types of videos, whether it be for school projects or just for my fun. You know, we do I go like snowboarding and stuff like that. And uh, that's kind of where video, photo, editing, all that's kind of started for me at least. After high school, where did you go with your video and photography? What happened next? So I went to college for it. I got a bachelor's um, degree in like photo and film uh, production at a school called Columbia College in Chicago. Um, I went to ASU for one year and then I didn't like it that much because I didn't feel like I was doing it much besides partying. So... I got out of there, um, went to school in Chicago, and uh, from there, I ended up doing an internship. Actually, while I was in college, I think I did the internship um, at this artist management label um, for this band that I really like. They're called Revolution, um, who I now tour with today. It's kind of crazy. So basically, the story with that was... Um, I really liked this band called Revolution. I saw them like in 2010, like when I was living in, I'm from Arizona originally. Um, so when I went to, uh, or when I saw them there, I just was like a big fan of this of this band. So I started working out on their street team, um, you know, putting up posters and stuff for shows. And then eventually I did that for a few years. Um, and I met their manager uh, through doing that at one of the shows and he basically kind of inspired me and told me, you know, you should come intern at the, at the place where artist management is. So I did that pretty much, I think like my senior year of college for about three months in LA. And then after the internship was over and after I graduated college, he asked me if I wanted to go out and tour with the band. Um, and that's kind of what kickstarted this whole, you know, me touring with artists since then I've been doing this for six years now. So it's been quite a journey. Wow. So First of all, would you recommend studying film in college for those that are listening to this that may be about to graduate high school that are trying to figure out what to do in college? Would you recommend studying film production? Right. I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I think it's also something that, you know, after going through it, it's definitely something that you can just learn yourself, whether it's watching YouTube tutorials or just going out there and, you know, learning the craft yourself. But I think college and, and doing being surrounded by people who you're also working with or that are interested in the same thing that you're working with is a big thing because I definitely still am working with and networking with people that I've went to classes with in college and all that. So um, I think it has its pros and cons as far as like um, you can you can learn the same stuff there as you can anywhere else. But I also think that um, you can also learn it not in college too. So it's kind of up to you. Yeah, and just out of curiosity, do you? Now that you're, you've been doing this for a while, do you still study on YouTube or on like Skillshare or anything like that? Are you still like studying and crafting your 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 skills? 
Yeah, totally. Um, I'm really trying to dive deep more into uh, editing. And as far as like editing goes, like um, a lot of animation, more stuff that I'm not like uh, more acquainted. I'm more acquainted with like traditional editing. I'm trying to get more into like special effects and 3D animation and all that. So yeah, I'm trying to learn as much as I can right now. I'm trying to learn Cinema 4D. So I'm basically just downloading the program and then just watching YouTube videos, <laughs> trying to learn how to do stuff that I see people, other people do online is the best way I've been trying to, you know, refine my craft and uh, try new things at it to make my edits better. And who are some of the people you're watching on YouTube to get your information from? I kind of, when I just search on YouTube, I like kind of just seeing like whoever, well, like the first few videos that pop up, there's not like a specific person um, right now. But yeah, I think it's super fascinating that you went from being a street teamer to being going on tour with a band. That's huge. Like not a lot of people get that opportunity. What was that like for you the first time you went on tour? It was crazy. Like I, I had I had met the guys and, you know, talked to them before, but it was just kind of like a thing where when I actually happened, I was like, I couldn't believe that it was happening because this was just a band that I was just like a huge fan of before I had started working. I never thought that I would be going out and working for them. So, and especially now too, six years later, after all that's happened, it's like, it's been pretty surreal to like have it become a full-time career for me to be able to do that. And for other artists that I'm working for now. So it's been pretty cool. And when did it go from being just, you know, one or two tours to being a full-time thing for you? Um, it took probably, it probably took like two to three years because after the first tour that I did with them, it was kind of like, what do I do now? Because the, the tour was only like three months. I didn't have anything lined up after I'd met the three other bands that were on the same tour with us, but they didn't have anything going on. So I ended up going, I was living in LA at the time. So I lived in LA for, I think about four years. I left maybe two, two or three years ago. And, um, I went and interned, I didn't intern, I was a PA at um, this uh, company that did movie trailers. Um, I wanted to be an editor there, and I was gotten about four months of it, and it was just basically, basically if you're a PA there, you're getting groceries and doing, you're not really doing editing work, you're kind of just basically helping out the office, getting people's lunch orders, stuff like that. I did that for about four months, and I just couldn't handle it, so I basically did it up until the next tour that I got offered, and then after that, I kind of just grinded my butt off, asked all the other bands that I worked with if they needed music videos done, um, tried to hustle as much editing work as I could until the next tour, and then after that tour, then it started to pick up a little bit more. I just tried to network as much as I could after that to get more gigs. So for music videos, you do music videos as well, I assume, since you just mm -hmm. said that. So. Yeah. When it comes to doing a music video, uh, what, how is the the style for you know the genres you're doing? Like, what do you go into it with as far as like concepts go? Um, for me, I'm not so I'm not too big of a director. Um, I have like certain things that I like to do, but as far as like my style or my type of music videos, it's kind of whatever the artist wants, and then I just try to do my best. Because a lot of the stuff that I've done, or at least most of uh, the music videos that I've directed, it's I've directed, shot, edited. I've pretty much done everything, and I'm like a one-person team, so I haven't had any any kind of crazy budgets for any larger music videos. But I kind of just whatever whatever the artist kind of wants, I kind I just like do that concept I'm, I might have some input as far as like um, uh, as what the concept might be but it's pretty much their idea and then a lot of what 
I kind of find the creative process of me doing it is after it being shot is in the editing process. I try to like, if there's something that we shot that day and I think we could just like throw a totally different twist on it, whether it's with coloring or just like the way it could be edited. That's kind of where I find of refine the direction of the video and shooting it at first um, for me at least. And then for uh, like rap music videos and stuff, there's a lot of now there's a lot of new techniques like after effects going into it. Like a lot of people are using a bunch of different VFX. Have you been diving into that stuff as well? Uh, yeah, you know, I see what people are doing, um, some different things. And th- those are things too that I, like I was saying, effects wise that I'm trying to learn. Cause I see some stuff from, from other people and I'm like, Whoa, how the hell did they do that? And, you know, so I try to YouTube it and look it up and see, Oh, that's kind of cool. And that's what I like doing too, is like, I like trying to see what other people are doing. And then I try to recreate it myself and then see, you know, maybe I'll use this in a video of mine or I'll try to use it in a different way too. But I think it's good to like see what other people are doing, try to recreate it. And then that way you can kind of see how they did it because you don't really know off the top of your head sometimes, you know, how they did the certain effects. So it takes time to, it's, I think it's important to go back and look and see how it's done versus like, uh, I don't know, just copying someone else or whatever. So what are some of the artists that you've done music videos for? Um, so I haven't done any for NF, but I've done stuff for Revolution. Um, I did stuff for this band called Mute Math. Um, a few of the other smaller reggae bands have been called Through the Roots. Um, I haven't done too many. I've probably done like maybe 10 music videos in my time, which is not a lot. I was just talking to NF's music video director the other day, and he does like 50 a year, and I was like blown away by that. I was like, that's so many, especially because he does like bigger budget stuff, so... It's pretty crazy. So I don't really consider myself too into the music video thing, but um, I'm more of like, uh, I like to edit like any kind of projects. Like um, I'm flying out to Chicago uh, Sunday to help out with uh, my uncle's a lawyer and he, he is a lawyer firm and I'm doing videos for him. And I, so I don't really care what the project is, you know, if, if editing's involved, I'm in. So um, I work on, you know, all, all different types of different things. So on the next episode of Project Freelance, we're going to have the director of NF's music videos on. <laughs> oh, there you go. I got to talk to that guy, man. His videos are so unique, and it's like I've obviously yeah. watched them over the course of the years, and every one of them is – it's not like he's just making like a rap video. Like uh, every video he makes has a story in it, and I think that's super yeah. amazing. Back to touring. So you just got off tour with NF. Talk a little bit about that, what it's like to go on tour with uh, a rap artist that's seriously blowing up all over the place right now yeah uh it's great so he's like the first rapper that i've gotten to work with and actually when i first got offered the gig like three years ago i didn't even know who he was and that's like a lot of people that i'm noticing these days but it's crazy how much he's grown since those three years and how much more attention he's getting now um but the tour is great uh nate's a super cool dude to work with he's very low-key but he's like He's one of the funniest people that I know, and it's a good time doing that tour. So I uh, really enjoyed it and uh, looking forward towards the next one. So how long you've been with him for three years, you said? Yeah, we've been touring for this will be our third year doing tours together. Yeah. Wow. So have you've watched that progression, I'm sure, going from smaller vehicles probably to buses now. How has the tour changed uh, size wise? It's crazy. Every year he has like a new like semi truck to add for production. So it's pretty cool to see it, you know, get bigger and bigger every year. And how's that been for you as like somebody capturing this show? Has it changed? Has have you been able to like uh, experiment with different types of things? 
like tell me a little bit about capturing these shows yeah i mean just the production itself you know changes the way i shoot stuff i'm doing photos and videos too so it's like i try to get what the artist wants from each i try basically just try to capture moments that he tells me that he wants so um yeah i mean just when the production gets bigger you try to just go bigger as far as like how much you're capturing and and what you want to capture and and uh yeah that's been pretty much it so tell me about your process for example we use your video from red rocks because that's what made me want to hit you up uh mm-hmm. that nate posted on his instagram so that video you've got stuff from before the show you've got stuff from during the show you've got all kinds of stuff how did you plan that kind of video out do you always shoot pre-show to post-show like what's your process um, I kind of just get an idea. I mean, for the scale of that show, and I've shot Red Rocks a bunch, um, I kind of want to get a little bit of everything that's going on during the day. So get them setting up. I wanted to get them setting up all the gear because it's a pretty big production. Do time lapses of people during the day because it's Red Rocks. It's a massive show. It's like 9,000 plus people. Um, and then, yeah, when I do shoot the show, it's since it's such a big venue too, I kind of have an idea. And I've seen the show, you know, two weeks worth so i know when the, the moments are i try to plan out you know where i want to be in certain spots um so i have like a routing as far as where i go um during the show and then yeah that's pretty much it and then the editing i kind of just i have some ideas but a lot of the ideas actually come to me while i'm editing um so when i'm actually like laying out the tracks on the timeline and looking at the selects then i kind of start getting ideas as far as like um how i want the edit to be your look or what the float is going to be um so i kind of make sure i get everything shooting wise like i try to get all the like things that i know i need to get and then i kind of creatively make the edit up in the process i don't really think about it too much ahead of time unless there's something specific that i know i need to get for the edit basically and then what's your turnaround time typically are you editing that night and getting stuff to the artist the next day uh yeah the photo well it depends like uh different artists want different things so nate's not too picky about um when i give him the videos and stuff as long as it's like he he likes it and he's approved with it with some other groups they want it like the day after which i do do so like on the revolution tour i'll give them photos and video like the morning after the show um so it just kind of depends on what the artist wants which is nice it's actually nice that nate kind of gives me some more freedom to as far as when he wants it because that gives me more time to make it better basically yeah the more the more time you've got to perfect something the better it's gonna look i totally understand that um and in this world of everybody wants something right now and everyone wants to post it the next second you know like it's cool that you have an artist like that that's super you know not like you said he's super low-key about everything and uh so i think that's super rad that you've found an artist like that who who you work well with you know um, so I want to talk a little bit about mental health on the road. Uh, I mean, you work with an artist that talks a lot about it. Um, mm-hmm. but for you, you've been touring for six years. How have you dealt with things like post tour depression? Have you dealt with things like, you know, the loneliness that comes with being on tour? Sure. Um, I don't think I've dealt with too much, uh, anything tour related depression. I mean, of course you get, you miss your family, you miss your bed, you miss, you know, things at home because you're gone for a long time. And it just depends to like how long you go out. Some people will go out for like two weeks. Some like I do tours that, you know, you'll be gone for three months. So, but I think just in general, um, because I've dealt with plenty of, you know, 
uh, I've dealt with plenty of depression and stuff like that. I think the biggest thing that's always helped me in the past was I first went to a, a, a like a counselor or like a therapist that helped me a lot um, in the beginning when I was super depressed in LA. Um, and also just talking to people, you know, you talk to anyone about what you're going through, it's going to help. That's just the first step forward into to resolving what your issues are. Um, but as far as for me too, is like tour, tour can be, I don't think I get depressed, but I get more like exhausting. You know, after three weeks, you're just really tired and you want to just go back to your bed. You're sick of living on the bus or just the tour life. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of just powering through it, you know, talking to your friends and family on the phone or FaceTime or whatever. Um, but the tour is also really fun too. You know, you, you're out there, you, you become really good friends with people. Um, I've had, you know, people that I've been touring with since the start of my touring career. So that it gets really fun at times too. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important to just be, if you're having depression issues, definitely be talking to someone. And if it's something more serious, like you're feeling suicidal or whatever, definitely go to a therapist. Cause I've been there too. You know, everyone's been there, whether they talk about it or not. So I think it's important to get that figured out before you get anything else figured out in your life. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, budgeting. So first of all, how do you budget on the tour on tour? Uh, how do you not overspend? Uh, I'm sure you get PDs like per DMS and stuff like that, but uh, a lot of people that are on tour go broke by the time the tour is over because they don't know how to save their money. So how do you really, how do you I, have budget the, for tour? I have the exact opposite problem. I actually save the most money while I'm on tour. So maybe I can help. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, I don't have a budgeting system, I guess, for tour. I have a way that I kind of just figure out my rates and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, when I'm on tour, I'm saving a ton of money because I'm not at home spending it, basically, is my thing. Um, and as far as, like, trying to figure out what you're, maybe this might help people more, as far as, like, what you want to charge artists and stuff like that, I always just try to figure out, you know, line up your expenses. How much is your rent? How much does it cost to buy a computer and your gear and all of that stuff? And then once you have all your monthly expenses and all your stuff for your gear totaled out, then kind of just, like, divide it by, you know, how much time do they need you out on the road for? And then just try to figure out, like, a week or a day rate that you can agree with uh, with the artist. Um, when I first started out, I actually did my first tour for free. So I kind of learned then that, you know, okay, this was fun and all, but I need to make money doing this. And then after I did that, um, I did exactly what I, like, learned. I told you I didn't really do that before I, like, figured out what my monthly expenses are and all that stuff. Um, and then was able to come up with a day rate that I felt was fair and that we, everyone kind of agreed on. Um, but yeah, I think doing a day or a week rate's best. And then when you're on tour, you're getting per diems and you're getting, you know, your week and day rates too. So, I mean, you shouldn't have too many expenses, you know, your meals are getting paid. So these are things too, that you should, if you're ever going to go on tour, um, you should make sure you get covered. You should make sure all your travel gets covered. So like all your Uber, all your, basically anything work-related, like Uber rides from, like, uh, your home to the airport, um, any travel expenses, so, like, flights, all that the band should be covering. Um, meals, too, so, like, lunch and dinner, um, and then hopefully after show, if they can give you that, um, that all should be covered, um, and then you get your, per, whatever their per diem rate is, you should be getting that, um, what else? Um, hotels, they should be covering your hotels. You shouldn't be paying for any of that. Anything that like is shouldn't be an expense to you, it should be an expense for them, basically. And that's like the big 
the best way you should be saving money too is by um, not spending money on that stuff because you shouldn't be paying for it, honestly, because it's they need you out. It's not you need to be out for them. You know, you're out there to work for them. Yeah, if a band is out there and they're trying to tell you that you can go on the tour, but you have to fly yourself to the East Coast, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, not really. No, I mean, if it's something like major, like it's a big thing for you and you think it's a one time gig and you think it might, you know, lead you a stepping stone into another gig then i don't mind doing that no but no you shouldn't be doing it for the whole tour you know if it's a one-time thing then i think it's okay because i mean i did a whole tour for free you know so i don't i don't mind making sacrifices if, it, if it's worth it you think in the long run so yeah and i mean i've i know people that have done australian tours for you know just getting their flights covered just so they can be there you know for mm-hmm. for an australian tour so yeah there are things that there are obviously um exceptions to everything that we're saying but uh for those of you listening yeah that that you can you can definitely uh if you want to take an opportunity like that sometimes the band will offer well hey we're gonna take you over to europe but um like you're you're gonna have to work for free because we're paying for your 1500 hundred dollar flight so yeah if it's something that's worth it enough for you then i mean take the gig but otherwise yeah the band should be covering your expenses for travel and and it's also it also depends too on 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 what your situation is like if you're someone that has a lot of bills to pay and you need money to pay then you need to say hey listen i can't be working for free because i've got all this stuff so it kind of just depends on your situation too um but either way you should be charging people you know if you're in the position if you're absolutely just starting out you're probably gonna have to work for free that's how it just is how it is but you know if you've got somewhat of a resume and you've been on a tour before or you've done some sort of gig where you have been paid before then there's no reason why you shouldn't be getting paid 100 so. percent. um do you give the raw files to your clients ever yeah i do i give them so i give them all the footage from the tour i give them all the all the raw files, all the clips, um, with the disclaimer that um, if they want to ever use anything for anything other than that's not being promoted on the tour, so anything that's used for merchandise or anything that's going to be used in a documentary, blah blah blah, uh, it's going to be have to go through a licensing fee through me. So they get to keep all the stuff for their archive, but if they ever want to use any of the footage for anything that could be made for money. Um, it has to be discussed in a separate um, licensing deal, uh, not uh, included in the tour, like what I get paid for tours, my week rate, basically. Okay, so that's awesome that you have like a licensing deal. How did you come up with that I, that, that concept of having a licensing deal? Because some people don't even know that that's a thing. So how did you figure that out and how did you start implementing that into your, your own work? How did you sure. get bands to say okay to it is my question. Right. It's actually pretty standard, to be honest, uh, to, to like license. Like if you go on any stock website and you want to use their website, you license the photo or you license the video clip to use it basically, right? So it's actually a pretty standard thing that just a lot of people like are either afraid to ask for or they just don't know to ask for. Um, so yeah, basically how I like got into it is because uh, this the band I were for Revolution, they use one of my t-shirts or they use one of my photos and put it on a t-shirt like this was like when i first this is the first tour that i did with them and i was like oh that's that's pretty cool but uh should i get money for that so i kind of like like looked into it and i was like oh yeah i should like this is like a separate thing like they're using the photo for merchandise they're making more money off of it so i should be getting paid more um and it and the easiest way to do it because a lot of a lot of the artists that i've worked for it's like it's been impossible like head tail and news and or 
I forget the phrases, but uh, it's been like tooth and nail to like ply it out of them to do a licensing deal that's like royalties. So like uh, some sort of deal where you'd be getting paid like every time they sell something, it's pretty impossible. Um, unless if it's something like major, like uh, an album cover or like uh, like a photo book or something. I don't know, something they would be selling for a long time. Um, so what I just do is just like a one-time fee. Like this is what it costs to use the photo this is how much it is, and then be done with it. That's it. That's been, like, the easiest way to handle that kind of situation, I feel like, and most effective, cost-wise. For sure, yeah, totally. It makes sense. Um, So let's talk a little bit about, I don't know if you've ever toured or if you've ever done much in, like, the rock or metal world, but the, the money looks different in these different genres. So, um why i mean did you prefer rap and edm and reggae because of that uh why did you prefer those genres um i'm pretty i'm pretty like well versed in in what i like as far as music goes like i like a little bit of everything i think the two genres i probably don't listen to most is like country and like i don't know folk music but i listen to everything for the most part um and i don't know i don't like if i got offered like a country gig or a metal gig i guess those i wouldn't jump to at the beginning just because like those aren't things that i listen to often but i don't think i wouldn't say no either if the if like you know if i if i thought it was a a good idea or a good investment for me um so i guess it's weird because like all the artists other than nf because i didn't know who he was like the main artists that I've toured with in the past, I've heard of their music. So it was like a no brainer for me. I was like, the money's good. I like the artist music. Like, yes, let's work together. Um, and then NFB. I was like, I went to the first show that I did with him. I was like, Oh wow, this is actually really special. Um, so I'm going to keep working with him and he's awesome. So, um, I don't know. It's never been an issue for me where it's like, I got offered a gig yet where I've been like, Oh, I don't know about this cause I'm not into the music or something or I'm not, yeah um i don't know if i answered your question but yeah (laughs) yeah 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 you did you did partially um the so your the other half of it was um the money being different between the genres so um i don't know if you know much about it or if you can talk a little bit about that but you know a lot of photographers and videographers we all sit in this uh rock and metal scene we all say like oh we should move to edm because there's money in that there's more money in rap you know is that true? Like, like, do you think that that's actually the case? Um, I think yes and no. I think as a whole, the music industry is very cheap as how they want to pay photographers and videographers. So I think yes and no. Like, obviously, there's going to be a lot more money in the EDM industry right now because their DJs are just huge. You know, they're playing massive shows. They're getting paid a ridiculous amount of money so they can afford to, you know, pay their crew more versus, you know, reggae or metal or whatever, you know. Um, So, yeah, I think in that way, it's kind of no-brainer that, yeah, some of those photographers are going to be getting paid more. But um, I also think, too, I think if you're getting your expenses paid, covered, and you enjoy what you're doing, then stick with what you're doing. There's no point you know, and, and chasing more money. I mean, unless that's what you want, you want to chase more money and, you know, do something that you're not going to like, that's up to you. But I think if you're happy what you're doing and, and you're getting paid fairly, then go for it. Hell yeah. So what real jobs have you had to help supplement your income, if any? 
Uh huh. Um, so in high school, I was actually a DJ. I like DJed like bar mitzvahs and weddings and stuff like that. Um, so I did that, and then I worked in college. I worked at a local PBS st- station, and I actually was like doing editing work. Uh, like I was basically cutting, um, like commercial like commercials for their shows, like on the local station. Um, and then what else did I do? I think that's pretty much it. And then other than that, I've been doing freelancing for the most part. Yeah. So, so when you're off the road, what do you do? What do you work on? Um, whatever I can get. Honestly, I try to take, I probably take a little bit too much time off the road to kind of just relax, but, um, I need it in my opinion. Cause I tour a lot. Like I'll probably tour, like I've probably been tour and last year I toured, eight or nine months and i'll probably have done the same this year by the end of the year so it's just like a lot of of moving for back and forth and traveling so i try to take time off uh hang out with the girlfriend i'll uh you know look up youtube videos try to learn new stuff i want to learn cinema 40 like i was telling you earlier um i have a gig i'll try to look for other gigs too like i'm trying to do as much editing gigs as possible so whatever it is i'm trying to take those gigs um because i love editing um that's pretty much it some i would say like 90 percent of my income and majority is coming from touring so it's, it's a lot um the rest is from editing jobs too but a lot of it is from i would put it under the touring category because it's editing tour promos from for next year's tours um music videos whatever it might be you know a lot of it's from this this industry so so you're yeah so you're mostly staying in the music world then yeah, for the most part, yeah. Influences. Who are some of your favorite videographers and photographers out there? Um, a lot of people that I work with. Uh, uh, Lane Kelly is, is one, is a dude that I actually, like, we both were kind of doing stuff. He was doing stuff with Grizz, who actually um, I've been working with, too. I've been his, like, his number two guy now for the past few years. Uh, Lane Kelly, Mixed Media, he does amazing stuff. Um... Rory Kramer it was crazy. That dude, I met him in LA the day that he dropped that one video that blew him up, the Avicii video, and like he just like took off after that. He's he's done amazing work over the past few years. Um, Jazz Davis is another Jazz Davis is another dude that like kills it editing wise and videography wise. But he does stuff for Skrillex and all those other people. Um, who else? Probably about it. I mean, there's a lot of people that are killing it. Honestly, there's just it's it's crazy how many like videographers. Like I'll follow all these artists, and it's crazy to see how many different videographers are out there. So there's just a lot of people that are doing a great job. Um, but yeah, those are some of the few guys that I look up to and appreciate, and I think they do good work. Sweet. Um, and then, what are some of your future goals? What are you looking forward to coming up? Do you have any personal projects going on, or are you just focused on touring? I'm just focused on touring right now. I just moved from Arizona to Florida, so I'm just getting that all settled in. Um, I'm just trying to, for my future stuff, I'm trying to just do a lot more editing gigs. I'd like to break into the music video industry, like work with a director full-time ideally, and then just do music edit for him or her or whoever it is. Um, that would be like my most ideal thing. Um but we'll see. I, I love just editing. So, like, I would love to just have a consistent freelance editing gig and just do that full time and not tour. 
tour as much. Because as much as I do love touring, I think after a few years, it's going to come to an end for me where I'm like, or, or not, I don't know. It's just something I think about. I just really definitely don't want to tour forever. Um, which you, you see people too. Like there's a guy that was uh, Bob Marley's old sound engineer that toured with us in Revolution. He's like 70. Like the dude has been doing it forever. It's crazy. Um, so I don't think I want to be doing it until I'm 70. But I think you know I want to do it for a while and then I want to move towards you know either working for someone else maybe or if I could do freelance forever i would love to do that and just be editing all different kinds of projects that would be great um so yeah i'm just trying to you know it's it's always a daily thing just kind of networking with people and and you know it's it's right right time right place too you know that's kind of how i got this gig and that's how i hear from other people too as far as like getting uh future gigs too is kind of just being there showing up and then you know the rest will come so yeah. Uh, so how did you how did you meet NF? Um, so I got that gig through uh, this band that I worked for called Mute Math. Uh, their tour manager, which I got this gig, the Mute Math gig through Revolutions Manager. They work at this. They're at the management called C3 Management. Um, at the time, Mute Math was at that management label, and so the managers there were just like one of the managers was like, "Hey, I need this." Uh, videographer, photographer for our band. And so I guess he referred me over. I toured with Mute Math for one tour, and their tour manager um, ended up uh, touring with NF, and then he just referred me, and then that's how that all worked out. (laughs) Wow, so simple, so simple. Literally it, yeah. It's literally just, that's a lot of how I've got, like literally 100% of my gigs that I've gotten outside of Revolution have just been word of mouth just through people that tour so it's literally it so that's the one that's the one thing if my advice for people that go on tours or if it's your first tour uh my best advice would be to not excuse my language but don't fuck up just like take it very seriously and don't just 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 do your job do it well and you'll get invited back and you'll probably get invited to a different tour or another artist or whatever because that's literally uh, it's very like cutthroat. Like if you mess up, like people like will hear about it, and like you'll probably not get invited back on that tour or any other tours. So it's like your reputation is very important. It's very um, detrimental to like you getting more gigs or you getting paid or whatever it is. Um, so that's very important advice. Don't mess up and take your job very seriously when you're out there. You're working for them. You're not out there to party or be in the band or whatever. You know. Yeah, and remember, you're out there for a job at the end of the day, and uh, word travels extremely quickly on tour. Extremely quickly. Absolutely correct, yes. So what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? I wish I knew how to basically, like, a lot of of the, like, budget, like, uh, like, how much I should be charging people and stuff like that. I wish I knew more of that earlier because what I'm realizing now is, as I'm talking to other videographers and stuff, is that um, the rates fluctuate pretty dramatically. Like some artists will pay like a ridiculous amount of money to have you out, and some artists will pay about the median of what normally people are paying, and some people will pay you absolutely nothing. So it varies. Um, I wish I had told myself to uh, basically um, value my time and my 
uh, my worth more because I think when I started out, I kind of valued it lower. So I kind of started my base price lower, um, which has been something I've been able to negotiate up, obviously working with some people for six years. Um, but I think one thing that I told, wish I could tell myself and I want to tell other people is you need to value your time and you need to value what you're offering because you're offering a lot. You know, you're basically giving them content that they're sending out to their thousands and thousands and thousands of fans. So you're doing a, a big job and you're doing a good job too. So you need to put a, a lot of time and effort into what you're doing. And for that, you should be compensated for it well. So that's what I would have taught myself when I was first, you know, negotiating my rates with artists. Amen to that, man. All right. Where can people find you on social media or if they potentially want to hire you for a tour or to edit a thing or to film a thing? Where can they find you? Yes. They can find me. Instagram is at Sam Dean Medina with two E's. Uh, You can find me on my website, samdeanproductions.com. And yeah, you can DM me or shoot me an email and hopefully I can uh, help you out or reach out to you or whatever it is. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate you reaching out and uh, I'm glad we could do this so quickly too. Yeah, I'm glad we could literally make it happen the day after I hit you up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, I wish you the best of luck on your upcoming tours and I will talk to you soon. All right, that was Sam Medina. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. I had a blast chatting with him about tour life, about what he does on the road, about how he captures his content and what he wants to do in the future. Super cool to hear from him. And Sam, thank you for taking the time out of your day to jump on this podcast with me. I know that people are going to get a ton of value out of it. And if you got some value out of this, please do me a favor, leave it a rating. Give us five stars on whatever app you're listening to this on. Leave us some feedback, and if you leave feedback and you leave a rating, I will send you a signed photo print of mine. Uh, I might send you a photo from NASA. I might send you a photo from an abandoned place. I might send you a photo from Alaska. I don't know, but I'm going to pick something cool, and I'll sign it, and I will send it to you. All you got to do is leave feedback, leave a rating, and send me a DM on Instagram at Project Freelance, and I will send you a signed photo print to your address thank you guys please be sure to follow us on social media project freelance on instagram project freelance with no a (laughs) on twitter because of character limits yeah it's really frustrating Uh, but yeah please come back next week for another episode of project freelance and if you would like to come on the podcast if you make a thousand dollars or more a month on freelancing i want to hear from you hit me up at contact at justletterk.com let's get you on an episode of this podcast let's educate some people together and as always i'll talk to you guys next week stay strong keep enduring go out and go create something